being there for the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're now on the air. This is a great week. It's another great summer day out here, uh, late summer. Uh, fall is just around the corner. As I say all the time on my shows, if it's nice where you are, if, if it's beautiful, if it's wonderful, if it's the best day of your life, get out there and enjoy it. Winter's coming. You want to do you you want to enjoy it. You want to get out there and uh, uh, have something to say to your children, your grandchildren. Once winter rolls around, how beautiful and summer can be. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. You don't need a bunch of money to travel to go here to go there. What you need is just to. It's right outside your front door. Okay. If you want to enjoy nature, nature is out there. Uh, enjoy it. Be a part of it. And uh, this is the George Wilder Jr. Show on. Blog Talk Radio, folks. It's great. I want you guys to feel positive. I want you to be upbeat. I want you to be uh, geared up for the fight. You know, I mean, this is a fight. And uh, it just seems so many Americans just are not into the fight. They're not into taking back their country. They, they, They talk a good game about taking back their country, but once it comes down to actually doing something, taking action, there's nothing there, you know, and um, Americans are looking for leaders. Instead of being a leader themselves, they are looking for other people to lead them. That leads me to say that, that maybe most Americans are followers and not leaders. They're looking for someone to lead them into the promised land. There's no Jesus. There's no Moses, there's there's only you, you, and if you don't do it, and if you don't do it, it will, it will not get done. But most Americans, uh, they're looking for someone else to to um, lead them. I I know because I've I've uh, conversed with lots of people who said they will fight, they will get up and fight for their country, they will go back to, uh, uh, they will do anything they possibly can could to take back their country. However, they want me to tell them or someone else to tell them what to do, where to go, how to do it. Which is, I mean, everybody, when you think about it, most people are not, probably not leaders. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many people out here who don't even know what the hell's going on in their own, in their own country. They don't even know what the, I was going to say what the F is going on. What the hell? They don't even know what the fuck's going on. They're walking around blind and wanting to be blind. They're walking around stupid and wanting to be stupid, proud to be uneducated, proud to be someone with no intelligence. This is something I really, really do not like to say on the show, and I don't like to even hear it coming from my own mouth. But there are a lot of Americans who are just plain stupid. There are. I mean, there there are a lot of Americans who can see very well, but are just blind and want to be blind, continuing on to being blind. Americans just don't have the stomach for the fight. We need to take back our country. You you have to understand one thing. There are 350 million Americans in this country, in America. And there's only a couple of hundred idiots in Congress and the White House 
who are making lives so miserable for those 320 million Americans. Now, who has the best numbers? You have the best numbers. Why stand back and let these folks, I don't give a damn what you call them, a representative, a senator, or chief of staff, what do you want to call them, and just make a muck of America when we have the numbers. But there is no stomach for the fight in America. People should be out and about. They should be out protesting. They should be up in these state houses. They uh, the, These meetings, these town hall meetings, they should be uh, in Washington, the Capitol building, slamming and ramming all up into that White House and saying that enough is enough. But no, no. Americans just don't have the, the stomach to take back their country. Voting blue is great. We even may, we might be able to even take back uh, both houses, the Senate and the uh, uh, House of Representatives. Oh, we're going to be talking some more about this later on. Uh, as you can probably see, you can probably tell <laughs> I'm, I'm stuttering and all this kind of I'm, I'm not feeling too great today. It's just not um, one of those days. Every you know, like it's just like any other day. You know, you one day you're fine, one day you're not feeling so great. I uh, really, really uh, uh, told myself if I really wanted to come on the air today, and I said, "Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta you you gotta get out there, and you gotta gotta do this." But it just surprises. I, I've always known this. I just didn't really want to say it. That Americans are followers. Uh, you build it and they will come. That kind of thing. Instead of building it themselves, they want you to build it. And majority of the people that they want to build it will not build it because they themselves are followers. Is that is that bad for Americans to not want to fight? to take back their country, uh, to fight, to keep uh, the things that they love, to fight for their happiness, just let ignorant, stupid people just take everything away from them without a fight. Americans just do not have the fight in them. And the ones that do have the fight and who are leaders, there's no one around for them to lead because they don't, you know, uh, just, I mean, you can take Facebook for interest. For interest, excuse, excuse me. There's things that are popping up on my computer. I'm gonna have to go in and get this stuff out of here. All right, here we go. All right, is everybody okay over there? Y'all, you guys okay? All right. Uh, I'm trying to do the best I can over here. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not totally sick. I'm not totally under the weather. I may be a little tired. It could be from writing. I mean, writing and editing and drafting, you know, this stuff can get to you also, you know, and then doing the show and then rehearsing and all this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I got a couple of gigs, folks, uh, playing the uh, playing the guitar, one man band. I got a few gigs. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to get this equipment over to these gigs to play. 
uh, yeah, and I got I found the gigs online, and they found me, and I said, yeah, George, come on and play. Just tell us what you charge. Isn't that something? That's great when people <laughs> ask you what do you charge. It's more it's more like working for yourself when you when people say, hey man, hey wow, you sound good. That's great. That's beautiful. Um, we 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 have this party over here. Or we have this uh, celebration over here, and you want, we want you to come and play. And tell us what do you charge, you know? And I'm sitting there and I'm going, well, let me see. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a great feeling, and I've talked about this before. Working for yourself. If you have the talent, the business knowledge, work for yourself. Why keep getting up every morning going to a job you hate? Keep getting up every morning going to a job that you like. Why not work for yourself? It's great. I mean, when people ask me, what do you charge? And I'm going, well, I can charge anything. Now, now if I charge too much, they're not going to hire me. And if I charge uh, too low, they're going to figure, you know, well, you must not be any good because you're not, you know, you're charging too low. You have to figure that out, you know. And uh, it's great. It's great when people ask you how much you charge for what you do. I mean, there's no bosses, there's no managers, no supervisors breathing down your neck. There's no turncoat co-workers turning on you, going back, rushing to the supervisor, telling things on you. <laughs> you know, you're working for yourself, and you're doing it for yourself. That feels great. That feels good. That feels wonderful. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I do play, and, and I do sing, and... Um, I enjoy that when I'm not doing the radio show. And if I'm not doing the radio show, I'm doing some writing. I think, I think if you're talented in one area, you, you have to be talented in another area. You know, and it doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter if you're 25 or 85. If you have a talent and you can do it and you enjoy doing it, then take it to the world. Uh, there are so many people out here who have the greatest talent in the world, but they will not share it with the world, and I think that's bad. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, so if anybody out there... <laughs> yeah, we're trying to figure out how we're going to get the equipment out there, and one of the things I notice about being a musician and if you're hired to play somewhere, you you have to find a way to get. They don't have, they don't have the equipment there for you. You just can't walk in and grab a guitar, sit down, plug it in the amplifier, and you know, and and start singing through the mic. You can't do that. You have to bring your own equipment. You have to have your own equipment. Down to the picks, down to the guitar picks, down to the tuners, the you know tuning your guitar. Uh, you have to bring everything with you. It's, it's your equipment because if you're going to be hired for a gig as a one-man band playing a solo acoustic guitar or even a lead guitar, uh, you're going to have to have what they call equipment, gig bag and all this stuff. You've seen people walk down the street with a guitar on their back and some carrying a guitar and uh, microphones and stuff. <laughs> They're probably coming to or coming from a gig. You know, You have to have your own equipment. You know, you learn something every day. 
you know, I I always knew you had to have your own equipment because I remember when I was in uh, a band uh, a hundred years ago. Um, everywhere we played, we had to take our equipment. So that even goes for today, because most places that you, I mean, if you're going to play in a restaurant or a lounge or a party or get together or a wedding or whatever, or any any sort of kind of uh, celebration, they want you to bring your own equipment. You know, you don't have your equipment, you can't play. You can't do what you're supposed to do. And uh, somehow I'm just learning that, even though I've been doing it for years with, with other bands and places and stuff like that. And uh, you have to bring your own equipment. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not like if you go get a job, you know, in a restaurant and the kitchen is already there, the food is already there for you to prepare. But uh, if you're a musician and you're going out to play a gig, you have to bring your equipment because the first thing that the people who are hiring you, they're going to ask, what kind of equipment equipment do you have? Can you bring your own equipment? I mean, you, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, to me, it's only right. <laughs> it's only it's only the right thing to do is to bring your own equipment, you know. And uh, it's fun. It's very very fun. Uh, all of it's fun. And one another thing that I'm learning how to do on the guitar. I don't think you're a guitarist uh, uh, unless you are that unless you know how to pick. You know, like uh, there are so many um, guys I look up to. So many guitarists that I look up to, uh, they know how to pick a guitar. You know, there's a lot of lead guitarists out here, electric guitars, uh, lead guitarists who can play the greatest lead guitar. They can play, I mean, you got Jimmy Page, you got Eric Clapton, you got George Benson, you got uh, uh, Earl Clue, you got so many of these, you got Jeff Beck, you got Jimmy Page. All of these great, great, great guitarists have gotten rich over the years playing the guitar and doing concerts. They've gotten rich. And not many of these people who play these electric guitars know how to pick, finger pick. When I say pick, I mean finger picking on the guitar. And that's one of the things that I'm learning how to do at this age, finger picking. That's one of the hardest things, I think, to learn how to do on a guitar. And you do it mostly on a acoustic guitar. I've seen guitarists try to finger pick on an electric, but it just doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right unless it's on an acoustic guitar. You know, I think uh, one of the greatest finger picking uh, guitarists is probably my favorite guitarist of all. And that's Tommy Emmanuel. If you don't know Tommy Emmanuel, uh, research him, look him up. I mean, he has some YouTube videos up there. Uh, he's one of the greatest finger-picking uh, guitar teachers that I I know now. He's, he's, he's great, and I'm learning it from him just by watching him do it, you know, because he is a guitar teacher, and he teaches – uh, via YouTube, you know, I mean, you don't have to go leave your house or anything. You don't have to go out to somebody's studio or, or, uh, uh, or any place 
to learn how to finger pick when you can learn right in your house by watching uh, Tommy Emanuel uh, uh, finger picking class on YouTube. And a lot of people uh, are out here paying for guitar lessons. I, I think that's crazy. Pay so much money for a 30-minute les- lesson. <laughs> That's not going to teach you anything. I think the best way to learn how to play a guitar is practice. It's practice. Uh, And you can watch a few uh, YouTube videos to learn, and you can go to some of these. uh, There's a a ton of uh, uh, guitar teachers on YouTube, and there's a ton of guitar teachers on the Internet itself. Uh, you don't really need to pay money to learn how to uh, play a guitar. It's all there in front of you for free. It's for free. And if you go out, I remember years ago I was taking piano lessons. I wanted to, I was taking piano lessons, and and I would go to my piano lessons, uh, I think once a week or twice a week, and uh, it would be a 30-minute session. You know, a 30-minute session, and, and I feel as if I didn't learn anything, you know, because what he was trying to teach me, I was practicing at home all the time. So I quickly gave that up, and basically all I did was practice, practice, practice every day. And that goes for any instrument, any instrument. You have to be dedicated it's going to be tough, like finger picking, for instance. For me, it's tough. It's hard. It's, it's sometimes I want to throw the guitar down and smash it. Finger picking is one of the best things you can do on a guitar. Lead, lead is okay. Playing rhythm, chords, and all that stuff is, is vital also. But finger picking is, is awesome. It's going to, it, like Tommy Emanuel says, it's, takes dedication it takes a lot of practice it it's gonna let you down when you first learn how to finger pick it's going to be nothing but noise (laughs) i should know right when you start but that's what you need to do get your get get your hand and your thumb you want your fingers to be independent from your thumb and practice, 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 and you have to want to do it. If you don't want a finger pick, if you think it's too tedious, too tiresome, which it is, don't do it because it takes practice and practice, 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 practice. You don't have to practice like I would say practice. If you were into finger picking on your guitar, I would probably say practice 30 minutes a day, but practice because practice makes you better. Now, I'm thinking if you've never finger-picked before in your whole life, it's going to take some time for you to actually learn to be like Chet Atkins or Jerry Reed or or uh, Mel Travis, any of these great finger-picking guitarists. Uh, it's going to take it's going to take time. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take a lot of practice. It's going to take a lot of drive from you. It's, and, and it's going to take uh, you wanting to do it. But after you learn fi- 
finger picking, excuse me, after you learn finger picking, it's going to be so much fun. You're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> it really is going to be fun. And other people are going to be, you know, having fun right along with you, uh, with your playing. But finger picking is hard when you first start out. And if you're dedicated, if you first start out trying to learn it, it's going to be a bunch of noise, which is supposed to be. So if you're learning finger picking on your acoustic guitar, find a room somewhere or a closet somewhere. Get away from everybody else <laughs> because uh, it's going to be a bunch of noise. But you have to start from somewhere. After the noise subsides, you're going to be able to play beautifully, beautifully. Excuse me, and just think of all the girls you're gonna get. It's a it, it's a great thing to do finger picking on a guitar. I've heard that before. That uh, a, a lot of guitarists they get the girl. Uh, that's for me to find out, right? <laughs> anyway, not being a married man. Anyway. Um, Anyway, how did I get on finger picking? I don't know. I guess I just uh, said that's something I do uh, when I'm not uh, writing, which I'm always writing. But, uh, you know, you you have to take time at that. And uh, all you guitarists out there, you know, it's great to play. And there are so many people. I've I've heard people say, man, the guitar is dead. It's dead. It is not dead. It may not be... uh, out there as it once was, but it's not dead. I mean, you've got, you've got so many people around the world right now that are working gigs, so many places. They don't want bands. They want a solo guitarist, just one man or just one woman to sit there at that event and play songs. And another thing that I've learned I've learned that sometimes you go and you play at some of these events as a solo guitarist. They're going to give you songs that they want you to play. Now, every song that they give you, you may not be able to play it. So before you go out to, the, before you go out to any of these gigs and play them, make sure you let them know that you, don't, you do not take requests if you cannot play some of those songs, you know. Uh, Unless you want to play uh, standards, some some people when they go out to play gigs, they they take music with them. You know, they'll take a bunch of songs with them in in music form. So they'll have a music stand or something, and they you know turning pages of the music that they're they're gonna play. That's good. That's good because a lot of times you can't remember uh, a certain chord or a certain note that a song is gonna get. So you, you make sure you keep your music with you. You know, uh, I read a little bit of music. I can, I can tell, I can do, uh, excuse me, I can do a C chord or a D chord or E chord, uh, something like that rhythmically. Uh, that's good. I think most uh, uh, acoustic guitar players can uh, play those simple chords. And that's another thing. If you if you're starting off playing acoustic guitar. You should start off, and any teacher would tell you this. You should you should start off playing easy chords, easy music. I think I talked about this before. Uh, play the play easy chords. Don't try for anything that's difficult. You know because 
you can still get gigs playing just easy songs. And I've said this before about myself. I can't say it for anybody else, but I don't really like wasting a lot of time playing someone else's songs. I've been, in, I've been doing music for so long that I don't want to play cover songs. Cover songs is playing somebody else's song. Um, I want to play my own songs. I want to create my own thing. As, as, as they used to say back in the day, do your own thing. I want to do my own thing on my own instrument. I don't need to play that person's songs or this person's songs. Not, I'm not saying I will not play a cover song, but I'm saying that I would rather play a lot of my own songs. I don't want to go dig out how to play the riff to Pink Floyd's Money. That will take days for me to do that. Why would I take days trying to play someone else's song when I should be writing my own song? Yeah. Uh, and plus, these songs are already out there. These songs are already in the public domain. Why can't I get my own songs in, in the public domain? This is what I'm saying. Uh, but it's okay to play cover songs if you're starting out because you want to see how it – you want to – if you're doing it the right way we all I mean every musician out here no matter what you play when you first start off when you first start doing it you started playing other folk songs or songs that you uh, heard while you were growing up three blind mice or something like that or uh, um, green sleeves or uh, uh, the national anthem you grew up playing songs like that very, very easy songs. Mary Had a Little Lamb or something. You grew up playing those, listening to those kinds of songs. There's nothing wrong playing those kinds of songs when you, when you uh, are learning how to play. They set your foundation for you to start writing and playing your own songs. See, because I did it. I mean, when I first started playing, I was playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. Uh, you know, just the, those easy, traditional songs. Star Spangled Banner, uh, Green Sleeves, or, or, or uh, then um, Mary, all of these, and then graduating to playing harder and more intense songs. We all do it. We all do it. We and we all musicians. Uh, we emulate other people. You know, oh man, that's Eric Clapton. I want to play like that. And then you try to play like Eric Clapton. For a while, then you learn to play like Eric Clapton or B.B. King or a buddy guy. But after you learn to play like those guys, Stevie Ray Vaughan, you settle into playing the way you want to play. You cannot be Stevie Wonder. You cannot be Stevie Ray Vaughan. You cannot be Eric Clapton, B.B. King, Albert King, or, or any of these three kings. Uh, you have to be yourself on the guitar. And that's how a lot of uh, famous guitarists and musicians today learn. They emulated someone else until they finally found their own. Well, let me say this. They finally came into their own. Yeah. So <laughs> how did I get on this? How did I get on this? I was talking about, uh, I was talking about uh, Americans don't have the stomach for the fight. And that's the way the show is, folks. I mean, we just go on and on and on and on and on and into this or that. Uh, I guess I started talking about music because it's something I, I enjoy doing, you know, because once I get through with the show, I'm going to go over here and pick up the guitar. 
and that's going to uh, relieve some of the stress. That's one of the things about playing a guitar. It, it relieves a lot of the stress. And you know what? Playing a guitar, some people probably never noticed this or never said this, but playing a guitar, at least this particular instrument, playing a guitar is exercise. I mean, you're exercising both of your um, arms because you're moving both. You're strumming in one hand. The next hand, you're making, you're constantly making and changing chords. And you're doing this for 30, sometimes an hour a day. That's exercise. You're getting that blood flowing. So <laughs> there's uh, something about playing a guitar and an instrument. But regardless, I love playing uh, the guitar. I've been playing it for a long time. I first when I first started off playing the guitar, I was doing, I was on the bass guitar. Uh, yeah, I started out on the bass guitar. And then I, years later, I, even though when I was playing the bass guitar, I would switch over sometimes uh, in the band, when I had the band, uh, switch over sometimes to playing lead. And my lead, every time I would play the lead guitar, my, my lead guitarist, the guy who actually played the lead guitar would say, George, you sound like you play the blues. <laughs> he would say, you know, you know how to play the blues on the guitar. And I was, I wasn't trying back, th- back in those days, I wasn't trying to play the blues, even though everybody, you know, was playing the blues. It was always about the blues, you know, you, you heard it on the radio, but I never thought of myself as a blues person. And I still don't. Even though I could play it, I could play it just as good as anybody else. But I, ne- I don't think BB King thought of him, thought of himself as uh, blues. I mean, because he played a variety. He just just did not play the blues. He played a variety of everything. You know, um, uh, Ray Charles. I mean, he he was not a blues person, but he could play it if he had to. And that's the way I see it. I am not a blues. I am not a blues, but I can get down on it. I mean, <laughs> I could, but I like, you know, I, mean, I enjoy country music. I think that's Bob, Bob Dylan, uh, uh, John Denver. I think these guys are great. Even, um, uh, what's his name? The guy who just passed away. Can you tell me his name? Glenn Campbell, right. Glenn Campbell. I didn't know that Glenn Campbell Glenn Campbell, if I can say his name, was such a great guitarist. This guy was an awesome guitarist. But majority of the people that I am naming, uh, I could never play as good as some of these folks. Glenn Campbell was a great guitarist. I think Mel Travis, I think uh, Tommy Emanuel. I'm throwing out a lot, of, a lot of names here, folks. I'm just throwing out names of people I admire that I look up to when it comes to playing an instrument, the guitar. And uh, these people are good. I mean, Tommy Emanuel has been playing since he was six years old. And he's 60-something now, I believe. And, and he's still doing it. He's still doing it. And uh, uh, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. And um, all right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Sorry to bore, bore you folks about that. <laughs> I said, what is the hell is he talking about? He's supposed to be talking about Trump. <laughs> what is he talking about? It's just that... Uh, I thought it would be something different. Every now and then I'll talk about uh, what I do and how I do it. And I'll try to influence other people to do the best that they can do with whatever they love doing, because it is all about what you love doing. Do what you love. 
you know, and don't let people call what you do a hobby. If you don't think what you do is a hobby, don't let people call what you do is a hobby, especially if you're if it if you're making money at it. Because most people, if they call what you do a hobby, they're just trying to put you down to say it. Well, that's just a hobby. It's not a hobby. What I do uh, are not hobbies. I do what I do to make a living. You don't make a living at a hobby. A hobby is just something you just do the hell with it. You know, I, I'm not putting down people who are hobbyists. I'm just saying uh, if you know that what you do is not a hobby and people start calling it a hobby, because I've known so many people who have contacted me and said, hey, George, I'm a writer, but my boyfriend says it's a hobby. I said, are you an author? Yes. Are you on Amazon? Yes. Are you charging for your book? Excuse me. Are you charging for your book? Yes. Then it's not a hobby. It's a business. It's a business. Your boyfriend is trying to put you down, trying to say, but you know, that is going around. People are, are looking up to other people who are putting them down. And I've said on this show so many times, get away from those people who do, do not support you. Get away from those people who uh, refuse to tell you that you're good at what, at what you're doing. Because you've got so many people out here who will refuse to tell you that you're good at what you're doing. They will, they will not acknowledge anything that you're doing. Well, majority of people like this. They don't have lives of their own, so they're trying to tear down yours. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, <laughs> talking about music for once. As you can tell by some of the tracks that I have on the show, you can probably tell that I'm in love with music. And I, I, I love music. I always love music. And I do think that music, the music of today, Today's music is crap. I mean, when I listen to today's music, I just have to turn it off. You know, I try to deal with today's music, but then I compare what they're doing today to what they've done yesterday. Yesterday's music is the greatest. It's the best uh, I hear a lot of people today playing Motown. They're playing uh, uh, George Benson, Eric Clapton. They're playing songs from back in the day. Uh, and a lot of those songs from back in the day can, you know, almost be uh, produced today. You know, people, they're not listening to a lot of the crap that's coming out of the radio today. If, if it's coming out of the radio at all. You know, I mean, if you want to hear good music on the radio, you have to pay for it. Just like if you want to watch cable television, you got to pay for it. I don't think there's too many people paying for radio, <laughs> especially when you can download and hear certain kind of songs for free. Um, all right, uh, we're going to take a break here. We're going to take a musical break, folks. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show.
was deliberately and artificially inflated to get it up to 10. It's a padded list. Here's what they did. About 5,000 years ago, a bunch of religious and political hustlers got together to try to figure out how to control people, how to keep them in line. They knew people were basically stupid and would believe anything they were told, so they announced that God had given them some commandments. Up on a mountain, when no one was around, God had given them the Ten Commandments. But let me ask you this. When they were sitting around making this shit up, why did they pick ten? Why ten? Why not nine or eleven? I'll tell you why. Because ten sounds official. Ten sounds important. They knew if it was eleven, people wouldn't take it seriously. Say, what, are you kidding me? The Eleven Commandments? Get the fuck out of here. But ten... Ten sounds important. Ten is the basis for the decimal system. It's a decade. It's a psychologically satisfying number. The top ten, the ten most wanted, the ten best dressed. So having ten commandments was really a marketing decision. And to me, it's clearly a bullshit list. It's a political document artificially inflated to sell better. I'm going to show you how you could reduce the number of commandments and come up with a list that's a little more workable and logical. We're going to start with the first three, and I'll use the Roman Catholic version because those are the ones I was taught as a little boy. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt keep holy the Sabbath. Right off the bat, the first three, pure bullshit. <laughs> Sabbath... Sabbath day, Lord's name, strange gods, spooky language. Spooky.
spooky language. Designed to scare and control primitive people. In no way does superstitious nonsense like this apply to the lives of intelligent, civilized humans in the 21st century. You throw out the first three commandments, you're down to seven. Next, honor thy father and mother. Obedience, respect for authority. Just another name for controlling people. The truth is, obedience and respect should not be automatic. They should be earned. They should be based on the parents' performance. Parents' performance. Right? Some, some parents deserve respect. Most of them don't. Period. You're down to six. Now, in the interest of logic, something religion is very uncomfortable with, we're going to jump around the list a little bit. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Stealing and lying. Well, actually, these two both prohibit the same kind of behavior. Dishonesty, stealing, and lying. So you don't need two of them. Instead, you combine them and you call it, thou shalt not be dishonest. And suddenly, you're down to five. And as long as we're combining, I have two others that belong together. Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Once again, these two prohibit the same kind of behavior, in this case, marital infidelity. The difference is coveting takes place in the mind, and I don't think you should outlaw fantasizing about someone else's wife. Otherwise, what's a guy going to think about when he's waxing his carrot? <laughs> but, but marital fidelity is a good idea, so we're going to keep the idea and call this one, thou shalt not be unfaithful. And suddenly, we're down to four. But when you think about it, honesty and fidelity are really part of the same overall value. So in truth, you could combine the two honesty commandments with the two fidelity commandments and give them simpler language, positive language instead of negative, and call the whole thing, thou shalt always be honest and faithful, and we're down to three. Thou shalt, thou shalt, they're going away, they're going away fast. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. This one is just plain fucking stupid. <laughs> Coveting your neighbor's goods is what keeps the economy going. <laughs> Am I right? Your neighbor gets a vibrator that plays Oh Come All Ye Faithful. <laughs> you want to get one too. <laughs> coveting creates jobs. Leave it alone. You throw out coveting and you're down to two now. The big honesty and fidelity commandment. And the one we haven't talked about yet. Thou shalt not kill. Murder. The fifth commandment. But when you think about it. <laughs> when you think about it. Religion has never really had a big problem with murder. Not really. More people have been killed in the name of God than for any other reason. All you have to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. All you have to do is look at Northern Ireland, the Middle East, Kashmir, the Inquisition, the Crusades, and the World Trade Center to see how seriously the religious folks take thou shalt not kill. The more devout they are, the more they see murder as being negotiable. It's negotiable. You know? It depends. It depends. It depends on who's doing the killing and who's getting killed. So, with all of this in mind, I leave you with my revised list of the two commandments. <laughs> thou shalt always be honest and faithful to the provider of thy nookie. <laughs> and thou shalt try real hard not to kill anyone. Unless, of course, they pray to a different invisible man from the one you pray to. 
Two is all you need. Moses could have carried him down the hill in his fucking pocket. And if they had a list like that, I wouldn't mind those folks in Alabama putting it up on the courthouse wall. As long as they included one additional commandment, thou shalt keep thy religion to thyself. Department. In the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a special list of ten things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these ten things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you. He loves you and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all-powerful, all-perfect, all-knowing, and all-wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. Religion takes in billions of dollars, they pay no taxes, and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. But, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. But I want you to know, I want you to know something. This is sincere. I want you to know, when it comes to believing in God, I really tried. I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps a close eye on things. I really tried to believe that, but I got to tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Results like these do not belong on the resume of a supreme being. This is the kind of shit you'd expect from an office temp with a bad attitude. And just between you and me, in between you and me, in any decently run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. And by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman could or would ever fuck things up like this. So, so, if, if, if there is a God, if there is, I think most reasonable people might agree that he's at least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. 
doesn't give a shit, which I admire in a person and which would explain a lot of these bad results. So rather than be just another mindless religious robot, mindlessly and, and aimlessly and blindly believing that all of this is in the hands of some spooky, incompetent father figure who doesn't give a shit, I decided to look around for something else to worship, something I could really count on. And immediately, I thought of the sun. Happened like that. Overnight, I became a sun worshiper. Well, not overnight, you can't see the sun at night. But first thing the next morning, I became a sun worshiper. Several reasons. First of all, I can see the sun. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Unlike some other gods I could mention, I can actually see the sun. I'm big on that. If I can see something, I don't know, kind of helps the credibility along, you know? So every day I can see the sun as it gives me everything I need. Heat, light, food, flowers in the park, reflections on the lake, and occasional skin cancer. But hey, <laughs> at least there are no crucifixions and we're not setting people on fire simply because they don't agree with us. Sun worship is fairly simple. There's no mystery, no miracles, no pageantry, no one asks for money, there are no songs to learn, and we don't have a special building where we all gather once a week to compare clothing. And the best thing, the best thing about the sun, it never tells me I'm unworthy. It doesn't tell me I'm a bad person who needs to be saved, hadn't said an unkind word, treats me fine. So, I worship the sun, but I don't pray to the sun. Know why? I wouldn't presume on our friendship. It's not polite. I've often thought people treat God rather rudely, don't you? Asking you know, trillions and trillions of prayers every day, asking and pleading and begging for favors, do this, give me that, I need a new car, I want a better job. And most of this praying takes place on Sunday, his day off. <laughs> not nice. And it's no way to treat a friend. But people do pray, and they pray for a lot of different things. You know, your sister needs an operation on her crotch. Your, your brother was arrested for defecating in a mall. But most of all, you'd really like to fuck that hot little redhead down at the convenience store. You know, the one with the eye patch and the club foot, huh? Can you pray for that? I think you'd have to. And I say, fine, pray for anything you want. Pray for anything. But what about the divine plan? Remember that? The divine plan. Long time ago, God made a divine plan. Gave it a lot of thought, decided it was a good plan, put it into practice. And for billions and billions of years, the divine plan has been doing just fine. Now you come along and pray for something. Well, suppose the thing you want isn't in God's divine plan. What do you want him to do? Change his plan? Just for you? Doesn't it seem a little arrogant? It's a divine plan. What's the use of being God if every rundown schmuck with a $2 prayer book can come along and fuck up your plan? <laughs> and here's something else, another problem you might have. Suppose your prayers aren't answered. What do you say? Well, it's God's will. Thy will be done. Fine. But if it's God's will and he's going to do what he wants to anyway, why the fuck bother praying in the first place? <laughs> Seems like a big waste of time to me. Couldn't you just skip the praying part and go right to his will? It's all very confusing. So to get around a lot of this, I decided to worship the sun. But, as I said, I don't pray to the sun. You know who I pray to? Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe Pesci.
All right, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump. I try not to say president because the guy's a fake president. He's not really our president, and we all know it. I don't know why we don't get our asses out here and uh, show it. Donald Trump is a fake president, he, and he's calling every other thing fake. The media is not the enemy of the American people. That's bullshit. African countries are not shithole countries. Muslims are not terrorists. We have to do something in this country about Donald Trump. Get out there and fight for your country. Stop sitting back waiting for someone else to do your bidding. Fight for your country. I don't know what to do. You tell us what to do, George. I'm telling you now. Voting blue will not be enough. Remember, and and uh, Congress will not impeach Donald Trump, at least not leading up to the midterms, because they need Donald Trump to place this uh, thug on the Supreme Court. That's going to take away everything that you love to do that you have. I don't. See, I, I just don't understand why Americans are not fighting back. I just don't... Well, George, what are you doing? You know, I can hear people <laughs> saying that. <clears throat> I'm doing more than you are. I, I, America, Americans, excuse me, they just don't have the stomach for the fight. A lot, of, a lot of Americans, as I speak today, they don't even really know what the hell's going on. They're out here trying to look cute, pretty, Going to work every day, thinking they're better than other people. Driving brand new cars, looking at you like like you're crazy because you don't have one. And all the time, the Republicans don't give a damn about you and your job. Those, the middle class, are the people that Donald Trump and the Republicans are coming after. You and your job. Now, don't even mention the poor. They couldn't give two shits about the poor. Why aren't Americans up in arms and pissed off about the shenanigans, the law-breaking, the bullshit, the lies, the garbage coming out of this White House and Trump's mouth every single day? Why aren't we out in the streets protesting every day? Why aren't we uh, raiding the White House, it belongs to us anyway. It's our house and clean out the trash. Raiding the White House and clean out the garbage there. That White House does not belong to Donald Trump. It does not belong to John Kelly and, and everybody else that's in it. It belongs to America. It belongs to us. It's our house, and it's up to us to clean out the White House. He's in our house. It doesn't belong. I remember uh, not too long ago, Donald Trump called the White House a dump, and then he vehemently denied it. And we know that (laughs) this is his M.O., right? This is what he says about stuff. You know, I mean, if Donald Trump says something and it goes the wrong way, he will quickly deny it. I guess, but what I'm saying here 
350 million Americans in America. Why are we letting this happen? There's there's leaders from countries around the world and there are citizens from other countries around the world asking and saying, why are Americans letting this guy do this to their country? And I don't have an answer for them. The only thing I can say is I don't think – I think Americans want change. I do think we're going to win uh, both houses of uh, Congress, the, the representatives and, and the, uh, the representative and the Senate. I do think we're going to do that. But we need to do more. We need to stand up straight and let the Republicans know that the people run this. They don't. But when the people are idle, waiting for someone else to fight their battles, it's not going to happen. I know there are people out here, there are people in Washington who are protesting this president every day. They're outside on, on, on is it Pennsylvania Avenue? <clears throat> they're out in Washington, and they're protesting outside the gate, uh, outside of and uh, there are people out there, but we need people protesting every day in every city all the time. Remember, folks, that is our White House. It belongs to us. Donald Trump just occupies it temporarily. He wants it for life. <laughs> he wants as if he's going to live forever, right? Remember that he said he wants to be president for life. Man, you're 72 years old. You look like you got every disease in the world, and you want this job for life. I'm pretty sure it's very stressful with all the shit that's surrounding, swirling around Donald Trump, and I mean a bunch of shit swirling around him. He may not make it to the midterms. He may not make it to 2020. And we all know that Donald Trump is a traitor. He's a traitor to the country. He gave up Russia to – he gave up – actually, he gave up America to Russia, and it's documented. It's proven. And then the next day, he tried to take it back. Wood. Remember, Wood and wouldn't give me a break. This guy is a mess, and I just don't understand. Americans, you – you don't have the backbone, the spine to get out here and protest, scream, yell, get that son of a bitch out of there. As he once said about the NFL, the African-American NFL uh, players. We have to dump Trump. I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at something on Facebook that's saying dump Trump. Right. Uh, yeah, but we can say all that stuff that we want, but it's up to us to dump Trump. Remember, if there is a blue wave and Trump somehow makes it to the midterms with all this shit swirling around him and above him, he will still have executive power. And they are still saying that Trump should not be impeached. You got people still saying that and giving their own and giving their own interpretation or their own reasoning for them feeling that Trump should not be impeached. I say Trump should be impeached. I don't care what other people say. If you don't if you don't think that Trump should be impeached, 
then you are up his ass as far as I'm concerned. And you've got a lot of people feel feel that Trump should not be impeached for whatever reason they want you to believe that he should not be impeached. Trump should be thrown the fuck out the White House head first. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, these people are all over the Internet saying, uh, do not impeach Trump. Trump shouldn't be impeached. It's going to start a civil war. I don't know who these people are. Some of these people are my friends. I'm going to have to delete them. Because if you don't want Trump impeached after you've been – after you have criticized him and talked about him and saying he's the worst thing ever, and suddenly you telling the world that you don't want Donald Trump impeached, something is wrong. What are you getting out of it? Why do you mind? What makes you change? You know, so – yeah, I think it should be impeached. There's no, no one's going to change my mind of uh, not wanting to be Donald for Donald Trump not. Excuse me, I can't say it for Donald Trump not being impeached. I know uh, Nancy Pelosi doesn't want him. The speaker of the the minority speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, doesn't want him impeached. That's why she will not get her ass back in there. She will not be speaker of the House anymore because she's she's. Uh, she is up against two forms of uh, losses. She could lose uh, her constituents. Her, her constituency could vote against her, and plus, some of the guys and girls in Congress could, could also vote against her. I'm hearing that at least 50 Democrats saying that she should resign or more. So she's up against two tidal waves. And plus she's 78 years old, maybe 79. You know, I mean, she should, as I've said before, she should probably step aside and let some young blood in there. Someone with some new ideas, fresh ideas, a new path, a new direction for the Democrats in Congress. And a lot of people are saying, well, if Donald, if, if Nancy Pelosi doesn't want Donald Trump impeached, and Donald Trump is saying, give Pelosi another chance. What is that telling you? It's saying that she's in the pockets of Donald Trump. And Donald Trump wants Nancy Pelosi back in, uh, in charge of the House of Representatives so they will not impeach him. So it's something there. It's something there, and it's not right. All right, Donald Trump calls Omarosa a dog. That's sexist, and that is very, very racist. Well, we always knew Donald Trump was a racist. Um, and then the other day, before this, the other day, a couple of days ago, Donald Trump swore up and down he's not a racist. And then he comes out and he says something so blatantly racist. Now, Omarosa, I'm, I'm like so many others. I'm not a fan of hers. I don't know if I really actually like her. I know she's an opportunist. I know that she's out there to sell a book, which I will never buy. And I hear a lot of people will not buy it. 
it's saying a lot of things about Trump. A lot of people have read the book saying a lot of the stuff in there is probably lies. We know all about Trump. You don't have to tell us anything about Trump. It's, and another thing, there's probably so much in the book that we already know. That we already know. No, I'm not going out to buy the book. I'm not going out to buy the book. And I hope you don't buy the book either. But with all of Omarosa's flaws, she was once on, she was, I think she was on The Apprentice with Donald Trump three times. And then he decided to make her aide in the White House. Suddenly uh, she gets fired. John, John Kelly fires her and her firing. Um, she taped some things of Donald Trump without his knowledge. So now they're suing her. They are suing her for uh, breach of contract, I think, a non-disclosure breach of contract uh, that she signed uh, back in 2016 when she was first, when she first began to work in the White House. I don't know how that's going to uh, work out. I don't know how that's going to come about. I, I, we have to just wait to see what happens. I don't know how true that is, but that's what is being reported. And But she was called a dog by Donald Trump. Donald Trump labels uh, anybody that he doesn't like with name-calling. And it's just – and I've said it several times in one of my tweets. Enough is enough. When is America going to get enough of this fool, of this clown, of this idiot, of this fake president in our White House. There are so many Americans sitting back, I'm going to vote, I'm going to vote. It may take a little bit more than just voting. You have some Democrats that they don't want to impeach him. It's something, you know, not there. Something that is not right. When are Americans going to wake up and go out and fight for their country? Maybe a revolution, maybe a coup. Americans just do not have the stomach to fight for their own country. I mean, when Trump visited London, look how the people over there in that city was fighting against Donald Trump. The London the Londoners were fighting for the American people. That was embarrassing. Because the American people do not fight for themselves. So the Londoners fought for us while Donald Trump while Donald Trump visited London. It's a damn shame. It's a damn, but we can't do anything. We're sitting back waiting for someone else to do things that we like so we can say thumbs up. There needs to be more than just a thumbs up protesting. Get, get out here in some of these governmental offices and rip them apart. Remember what they did to Gaddafi in Egypt? They stormed his castle, drug his ass out. And I believe they hung him up to a tree. Or Anyway, they killed him. 
Trump is killing us. Trump is killing America. Trump is pathetic. America and Americans need to rise up and say, this is my country, not yours. And it's not, this is not Donald Trump's country. Russia is his country. Russia is Donald Trump's country. Russia is who he's with. Russia, remember, Donald Trump cannot borrow money. He cannot borrow a cent. Six bankruptcies, a traitor to America, a liar. And you wonder, all of these lawsuits that Donald Trump Trump has uh, eased his ass out of. A lot of these lawsuits aren't going to take place until maybe after he is no longer president. And that's one. That's another thing. I, you know, I hear and I read about so many lawsuits that have been levied against Donald Trump, and this was months and months ago, and he doesn't. Somehow he buys this. He buys this shit off. If someone sues him, he goes and buy it off. If someone uh, says something about him, he goes and buy him off. Money counts. Money talks in Donald Trump's world. And now we're going to see if Mueller is going to subpoena him because I believe Rudy Giuliani, the dumbest lawyer in the world, said that Donald Trump will not sit down and talk to Robert Mueller. Only because they feel that Donald Trump is going to lie and lying to the FBI is perjury. You can go to jail for perjury. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. So much stuff popping up on my computer here, folks. I'm trying to click it off, so if you hear me stuttering, I'm probably trying to talk and and, uh, move the mouse at the same time. (laughs) I got three or four mouses here, so uh, not rats, but, you know, the computer mouse. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. It's been so much fun. Um, But the American people are going to have to actually take charge of their country or they're going to lose it. There's no doubt about that.
right. The Trump can. Excuse me. <laughs> I lost my thoughts. The Trump campaign takes legal action against Omarosa, alleging breach of secrecy. I think I've talked about this, and I don't know uh, if this is going to fly or not, but uh, it seems like it. The campaign is claiming her explosive book and media tour breached her 2016 confidentiality agreement. Okay. All right. Okay. President Donald Trump campaign is filing an arbitration action against former aide Omarosa, uh, alleging breach of a secrecy agreement. Okay. If she signed some agreement, uh, it, it's possibility that uh, they can do this unless there's something else there, as I've uh, alluded to a moment ago. Uh, a campaign aide tells the Associated Press that it is filing that claim with the American Arbitration Association in New York, claiming her explosive new book and media tour breached her 2016 confidentiality agreement with the campaign. The person, the person, excuse me, the person spoke on condition of anonymity because the person was not authorized to speak publicly on the matter. It doesn't matter if Donald Trump is suing her. What matters is what what matters is is she telling the fucking truth, you know, but as I've said before in her book and which I would never buy and I'm not saying suggesting that you should not buy it, but I know that I wouldn't buy it. Uh, and, and, and as I've said several times, I don't think that she's telling us anything in the book that we don't already know. There are so many other scathing books out here on the market about Donald Trump. That is uh, uh, accurate, probably more accurate. And I'm hearing news outlets are saying that a lot of things in the book that they've read so far seem unbelievable. Uh, uh, in order for me to believe that, I'd have to read the book myself, and I don't want anything to do with Omarosa. As I've said before, I don't think she's credible, but uh, I think she's a showboat. I think she's an opportunist. I think she's looking for attention. I think she wants to be a player in the game against Donald Trump. Uh, But if this is true, and it seems like it may be true because I've heard it three or four times, then she better start uh, lawyering up, if I said that correctly. Let me say it this way. She better get some lawyers. She better start getting her some lawyers because if this is true, if she did breach this contract, her ass is grass because Donald Trump is going to bring her down. But all of this does not settle well or equate with calling her a dog. Now, see, all of this means nothing because Donald Trump called her a really, really bad name, called her a dog. And why would he call her a dog? Why would he use the word dog? I mean, you got a lot of great dogs out here who are very, very obedient and, and, Pet friendly, they will protect you. Uh, great, beautiful, wonderful pets they make. Why would he say dogs? Call her a dog. Dogs are good things. They're pets. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. They're companions. They keep you company. They're your friend. So maybe he should have uh, called her something else. But anyway... When you call somebody a dog, you look at it in a negative way. It, it's a negative 
it's it's very negative when you're calling someone a dog. You you basically calling them a low life, you know, when you call someone a dog. And I'm pretty sure that's what he and his campaign uh, were thinking by calling her a dog, <laughs> uh, which is crazy because it's racist and it's sexist. I'm I'm surprised. <laughs> excuse me, folks. I'm surprised she didn't. He didn't call her a black dog. He he that may have been on her mind, but but he just said dog. Uh, Donald Trump is is crazy. This is why I keep saying, when are people going to say uh, the people of America are going to say enough is enough with this jack off in the White House? Enough is enough with this jackass in the White House because that's all Donald Trump is. He's a jackass. He's an he is an embarrassment to this country. He, he continues to be, but the Republicans in Congress will not do anything because they're complicit. They need this guy. If they decide to impeach Donald Trump, they would lose. A lot of things they want done, they will not get it done. They're not going to get it done anyway in the midterms because their ass is going to be voted out, and Donald Trump's power is going to be limited. It doesn't make any sense the way the Republicans are trying to destroy America. And there are so many white people out here who are embarrassed at what the white people are doing to this country, especially those in Congress. Those in Congress. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about off the air, folks. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope you had a great time on the show listening to the show and being a part of the show um, because that's what it's all about, uh, making the world a better place. And I've been re- re- uh, excuse me, I've been reiterating this for a long time that uh, that's all this show is about is making the world a better place, but it seems like it's getting worse and worse all the time. But we're going to still be here on the George Wilder Jr. Show, uh, making the world a better place because I believe it can be done. It was a lot better before Trump <laughs> before Trump uh, took office, and I still say he's a fake president. He he is a traitor. Uh, a lot of people are forgetting that, but uh, you should not forget that he is a bona fide traitor. Uh, it's all about Russia, 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 Russia. Uh, he just called Omarosa a dog. Uh, that's a racist and sexist slur. There's no doubt about it. He will not apologize. Uh, even if what she did is wrong, calling her a dog is, is just even worse. It's even worse. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, folks. Uh, we're just about off the air. Matter of fact, we are off the air. Uh, I want to say tune in tomorrow. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to hear. So <laughs> wherever you are in the world, uh, whether it's day or night, the weekend or Whatever, you make sure you have a great day, a great evening, a great weekend, and make sure you always tune in and podcast the George Wilder Jr. Show. There's always something I'm going to say or some guests on the show. I don't want to thank my guests. Uh, yeah, when I think about it, I want to thank my guests from yesterday. She was just beautiful and awesome. Um, Bronca Guess, I believe that, that was her name. Uh, make sure you go out and get her book. It's called... Looking for God in the Garbage, a great book. All right, I'm going to say, I'm going to sign off, everybody. Uh, I want to say have a great one. Have a, 
uh, beautiful day, beautiful evening. And uh, make sure you uh, tune into the George Wanda Jr. Show tomorrow and also podcast the shows. Wow, I'm repeating myself. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care.